Welcome to The Travelling Senorita, episode 98. I am steaming towards 100 in a year or years that has been very challenging in tourism. My life has always been in tourism, hospitality and events. And along the way, I have met lots of people in all of those sectors. Uh, Along with musicians and creatives, they hold my heart. And it's been really tough for all of those industries in the last couple of years. We thought it would be a year, but it's definitely been the second year that has been the most trying. So I've been checking in with lots of my mates who are in those industries. And one of them is a friend that I've known for quite a few years now. Well, seven years to be to be uh, precise. And he is has become a dear friend, but also started at Halcyon House in Cabarita in northern New South Wales, as he was there from the inception as the general manager. Um, and I've also had the pleasure of meeting him in his home in Italy. So please welcome Mauro Dorisso. Hello, Mauro. Hello, Kylie. How are you? It's so nice to talk uh, with you outside of a work capacity today. We're actually going to talk to you about life. How's that? That's that's exciting. I'm ready. <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've been trying to get you on this podcast for quite some time now, but it turns out you are always a little bit too busy. Yes, yes, yes. Now I think it's the perfect timing and uh, I'm happy to to share my my life with you and uh, with your amazing podcast. Thanks, buddy. And you know what? You've always been a man of timing. We, you often mention the word timing. I like that about you. So let's take you right back to a time in Italy where you grew up, uh, outside of Naples in a small town. Let's talk about that. Yes, so I'm Italian, as you can pick from my accent, which I didn't lost it yet, which is good. <laughs> um, Yes, I'm uh, in my 36. Actually, last week I turned 36, and uh, I grew up in uh, in Italy, exactly in Pompeii, is where I was born, and grew up in on the Amalfi Coast. Um, and then I've been working in hospitality for all my life because you know if you're born in the, in the southern Italy, uh, uh, hospitality is bread and butter, which means you have to work in hospitality. That's your first job that you start. And since then, I've been um, I've been passionate, and I love it. Hospitality is all my life. Um, and I've realized, unfortunately, you know, in a little stage, in fact, I've got a, a degree in IT. But while I was studying, I was as well working in hospitality, um, as my family has got hotels in northern Italy. So I started when I was 14, doing a little season, you know, between schools. Uh, and then I said, hey, that's the job that I like it. It's perfect. I mean, hotels for me always remind me, especially in Italy, because, you know, the service is really high, high end with high standard. For me, I remember when I was holidaying in hotels with my family, for me, it was like a movie because, I, you know, big building, <laughs> you know, the doorman outside, the lift, the morning, you know, good morning, sir. Good afternoon, man. Uh, all these kind of, you know, nice gesture and kindness. I've been always been passionate about it. And I said, wow, that's that's what I like it, you know, it's great, it's my job, you know, always surrounded by people uh, that you don't know, you meet so many people every day and, you know, you deliver amazing food and you got, in hotel, you got everything. And that's why I've been passionate about it. I said, that's what I want to do. You know, it's interesting, it's interesting actually, Mara, just on the word hospitality, because I had, I felt the same. Uh, Hospitality to me is to be hospitable is to be um, welcoming, you know, Mikasa es su casa, it's like your home. And you you and I have this, um, we share a fondness of, of people and fun and travel and a bit of a fiesta. So what does the word hospitality mean for you? 
for me the word hospitality means personality uh, <laughs> in a way yeah love because it. Uh, yes hospitality is personality because uh, that's why probably my career has been focusing uh, small boutique hotels rather than big chain and branding because i think uh, in that kind of um uh, offering that we are doing in terms of luxury environment um it's important to have personality because that is all about uh, luxury for me doesn't mean any golden taps or anything you know valuable for me luxury is when our guests feel comfortable when you are when you arrive in a place that you feel home in all sense that you feel welcomed and everything is done with pleasure and because we love what we're doing that's for me is luxury which is impressionable um yeah, yeah I, actually, that's my... I, love, I love that answer so because uh, lux, the word lux gets thrown around a lot these days, luxurious lux. But for you, it's personality. So you like to present yourself in your job and make people feel comfortable. But something that I noticed about you in your workspace is your consistency. You're very consistent. Your messaging, your service, it's always consistent, yeah? Consistency, yes, is very important because... Um... Uh, you know, consistency is all about everything because once you define where you want to be, uh, that's what you need to keep. And this, to make sure that consistency is happening, I believe you uh, you always need to lead by example mm-hmm. uh, because then in order to get that, you need to have the soldier with you to follow your journey, which means you need to create a bonding with your team first. So the team is most the most and foremost important part of of a business, especially in, in hospitality, because hospitality is a tough gig. You know, Kylie, you you know better than me. You've been uh, you've been in this game before, and you know you are on your feet <laughs> quite a lot of hours. Yeah. It's all about pleasure, p- pleasure, um, uh, people, a guest, and always having a smile, and you know, working public holidays on Christmas and late shift. So it's something that. Or you love it, or you hate it. You know, you are, you're, you're, you're a true hospitality person. You're like Leroy, who I had the restaurant with. Um, because for me, I'm more about the content writing and getting the word out there, but actually being there and turning a customer around if they were cranky or unhappy. You are like Leroy because you find it a challenge. And I know this about you. I just want you to, I want to touch on this a little bit. Is this something that you learned as a young boy in Northern Italy or something from your family? Where did you get this 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 craft to be able to make people happy, even when they're unhappy? Well, there are a few things come in play in this, actually, uh, I believe. One is experience, because, you know, after years and years of experience, you build confidence, which is important. Uh, because to deal with any kind of situation, you need to have a certain confidence. And I think calm is very important. Uh, always keeping calm and listening. I would say listening is another important part of, of, of our job. Because in the end of the day, if someone is cranky or frustrated, must be a reason. Uh, now, will be a, <laughs> the exaggerated or not, must be a reason why of that unhappiness. And you need to have absolutely all the right to listen first, very carefully, and pay attention. And uh, and to tar- it's not about turning around, because it looks like a really bad kind of say turning around someone. I will say more trying to prove that even, you know, because mistakes happen, we are human beings. And even if something is done wrong and you are there really to, to understand and trying to rectify, 
that will be the biggest appreciation from a, from a guest. And that's very important really to understand their frustration and try to rectify as soon as possible. And, and the mission is to let them leave with a big smile and say, wow, Dan, you know, I had these things, but luckily, you know, I had a great save. Um, the main thing you said then was listening because people want to be heard. You know, they want to be able to, even if they've come to the hotel or, or a little bit upset in life and they're taking it out on the hotel, they still just want to be heard. And that's something that Absolutely. you do really well. Is that is that an it- Italian culture in hospitality? I want to talk a little bit about Italy before we land in Australia. <laughs> Tell me, like, growing up, what was it about your family and your culture that you think you can now bring into the future? Yes. Um, well, in, in Italy, as you know, hospitality is a career, is a, is a proper career. Um, and yes, yes, we have a really strong work ethic in, uh, in hospitality because, as I mentioned before, Italy, predominantly, it's, you know, it's, it will, everyone will live on tourism in, in every single aspect. And we, we respect that because, you know, we respect people coming, you know, all the way from all around the world to come to the little tiny country to appreciate what we're doing. That's why we are shiny all the time because we appreciate that and we need to make sure that they live happy of what they've experienced during the stay. Um, I started with my family, as I told you, I, I tell you this little story, which is actually fun. I was 15, uh, I already had a couple of years experience in the local hotel since Sorrento. And then my uncle one day gave a call to my mom and said, hey, I heard Mauro is working hospitality. What about he comes up to North Italy and um, he can work in one of my hotels, which I took this this offer straight up. And <laughs> then I was 15. Yeah, I was 15. I went, I landed in Genova, which is a north. I love that place. Yes. Mm. So my first experience in really proper, you know, hotel was in Genoa called Hotel Villa Pagoda. It was one of my uncle hotel. A beautiful villa, 17 rooms on the ocean. Unbelievable. From it was a villa from the uh, um, 1800s. Oh. I started there. I knew the general manager pretty well because we were holiday there quite, you know, quite a bit. So and I used to call him by name, Giorgio. Then he, Giorgio came to pick me up at the train station. He brought me to the hotel. First things, my uncle called me in the office and said, Mauro, just a few things before we start any working relationships. And I said, please, uncle, tell me. So please don't call him Giorgio, call him Direttore. Direttore means director. Mm. And I said, for sure. Um, yes, don't call me uncle, call me Mr. Cavaliere. And I said, perfect, thank <laughs> you very much. <laughs> and then you will uh, sleep in a uh, in staff room with all the other you know, staff. And I said, that's fine. And then, you know, so they already, day one, I was part of the family, but that's the expectation which you need to follow. Family or no family, it's work and we need to do it properly. So since then, I've always been fascinated from a discipline. Discipline. Mm. I've always been fascinated about it because I think discipline as well is a, it's very important in, in every step of your life, working-wise and even in your private life. If you don't have discipline, uh, it's hard to really step ahead, you know, to, to, to continue. Do you know what's interesting, uh, Maro? You, I was just thinking when your uncle told you that, of the how disciplined that was of him to do that. 
But I liked that. I didn't mm-hmm. take it as an offense. I no. really, I really liked that because I was happy to hear that. Because I said, wow, I'm, I'm going to work in a professional environment. It's not a family environment. Actually, I can learn something from it. Because if you are really clear from day one, those are the rules. I'm going to expect so many rules ahead of me, mm. which it's only building my skills and my me as a person. Um, and uh, that was my start of my career. And then from there, um, back then I was not speaking in English. So, and I identified this as a, as a little gap on me. And I said, well, I was 19. So it's time now to learn English because this is what I want to pursue as a career. And I need to have English knowledge. So, so where, you grew, where you grew up in, uh, in, um, in Pompeii, which is, I love that you're from Pompeii. Like that's. I that's... born in Pompeii, but I grew up on, on, on the Sorrento coast. In, so between yeah. Sorrento, Pompeii, but I'm envious Capri. of that. But like the fact that you were born in Pompeii, that's pretty rock star, I've got to tell you. But w- down in those areas, was were you not taught English in school per se? Yes, but very basic. Um, just very, very basic. So, uh, and then back then I had to decide, it, it, you know, I need to learn English. So I went first time to Australia because it was December, it was winter. I said the option is either UK or Australia. I went to Australia for my first time for a year. But which what made you choose Australia? What made you choose? This was back in 2005, Kylie. And I spent one year in Perth, which I worked as well for Hotel Grand Chancellor in Perth. Oh, yeah? Yes, for six months as a, as a concierge. This was back in 2005. No inglese. Anyway, no inglese. Then, no inglese in the, when you arrive. No inglese. <laughs> and after one year, I was a fluent English. Wow. <laughs> I love that. Yes, and then after that experience, I came back, this was in 2006, I came back to Italy. And then I think there is where everything, my career really pick up because then I start to get, uh, I start to work at, at this company in Capri called the JK Place uh, Hotel, which this has been my biggest experience where I've learned so much. Uh, it was a small boutique hotel, 22 rooms, just right on the cliff in Capri. Um, I've been there since inception, uh, which I saw many things about an opening, which as well give me this ability as well then for the next project, which we can talk very soon. Um, there, my seven years has been brilliant. I've met so many great people, uh, so many professional people as well in the industry, and I've learned so much. In fact, there, I spent four years as a chief concierge. I was in charge of arranging from private jet to private boats to restaurant to anything, any desire I would make it happen. And then the last two years of Jackie Blaze, I've decided to, I want to still growing my career. I want to still grow. I need to learn. I know what I want to be. I want to, I always been my dream to be a GM in a small property and I always my dream to have a little hotel. And I said, in order to have that, I need to learn more. In fact, back then I proposed to my ex-GM, Simone Giorgi, um, which I admire him so much, which actually I've been in touch with him last week. He's a currently GM at uh, Park Hyatt in Milano. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. He's a 50 plus, he's got probably 30 plus years of experience in luxury hotels. And I've learned so much from him. The past two years at Jackie Place, I was his second in charge. Yep. So I was working very closely with him. And uh, for me, he's my mentor. He's always been my mentor and he will be. I love that. Hey, let's talk. Um, let's talk about J.K. Place for a second. I love that you've got him as a mentor and continue to have him as you know, because we can all grow and learn. Doesn't matter how much experience we have, but to have someone like that that you can look up to is just invel- invaluable. 
I've been to JK Place. Now, you just mentioned, because all these, I'm getting visuals as you're talking about your uncle's hotel. You mentioned, like, movies. JK Place is when you land in JK Place. Now, we weren't staying there. We were just lucky enough to know you. Who You, you mentioned your name on Capri and doors open everywhere, basically. So we're like, Mauro, next, next minute, next minute, we're up in this unbelievable uh, building. Did it used to be an old uh, castle or something? What was the building of JK Place? Was, it's always been, uh, I think at the beginning, right at the beginning, uh, it's a big story. It was a private residence. Then started yeah. as an hotel, was yeah. called Hotel Metropole. Back oh yeah, then. why? Uh, I'm not sure why Metropole, uh, because Capri is not a metropolis. So. That's, that's very Paris, <laughs> very Paris, yeah. Very Paris, but it was called Outer Metropole. Uh, I think it's always been on from the same family. And then uh, Palazzo, Motel Palazzo, wow. and then was a JK place. Um, it's stunning, it is such a stunning property, and it's like finesse. I, I, I mean, I love Australia and I love our culture, but to me, there is nothing like when you land in places like Capri and the service and the boats and the private helicopters, you name it. It literally is like Sophia Loren and George Clooney are about to walk through the door. But I'm not, talking, I'm not talking snobby. I'm talking like just the style that you would have been around daily. And then you take on your T-shirt and shirts off on your little moped up the hill and have an Aperol. That's just normal, right? <laughs> that's called, Kylie, that's called Dolce Vita, which means sweet life. Sweet life. Italian, we call exactly whatever you explain, <laughs> the boat, beautiful the Aperol spritz, and the hat, sunglasses, walking in. That's shoes. called the Dolce Vita. Shoes. Always shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Always shoes. <laughs> so this actually brings me to something. When I first met you in Cabrita, um, and I love the way you say Cabrita, please don't change that. And I think I coined Cabaritians because I was like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> so I was working at a property up the road, Cabrita, Ocean Health Retreat, and you came in one day, dapper with a capital D, and just in this suit and just everything matching with little initials and shoes and I'm like Capri pants probably and I'm just like wow we need more of this vibe around here and and to be frank growing up in Melbourne I was used to having people around me in tailored suits because that's it'll the, the Italians migrated to Collins Street and everywhere and brought coffee and and suits with them so meeting you in the coastal town of Cabarita I was like oh Thank the, thank the Lord he's dropped here. So let's talk about how you got to Cabarita. And like, I want to know the, the piece of the puzzle from JK Place to Cabarita. How does that happen? I know, right? It's a bit uh, strange from Cabarita <laughs> landing to, from Capri landing to Cabarita. Um, <laughs> no, that was actually a fun story too. Um, this was back in 2013. So it was my last year at JK Place Capri, which I met one of the owner, uh, which was one of the guests back then. I never met him before. I knew so many friends of him, uh, all living in Capri over the past 10 years that have been there. And I think one day he mentioned to me that he had, uh, he purchased the property in Australia, uh, a small motel on the beach in the middle of nowhere. And he wanted to do something rock star. And I said, wow, that's a bit, wild um I said, that's interesting i mean actually that's that was my you know little hotel on the beach perfect 
And then, uh, of course, at the beginning, you know, was not appealing simply because it was very far. Yeah. In the middle of nowhere, an old motel. And I want to pursue my, you know, hospitality luxury career. Yeah. Then we've been speaking probably for a year, uh, me and this uh, and this person. So for one year, we speak, speak, speak. And then uh, me and my partner, Alessandra, which she in hospitality too, um, we decided to take this uh, this this um, this new new life chapter. And we decided to, yes, let's commit. Uh, after a year, we move all the way from Italy here. I remember we had probably 10 boxes we shipped from Italy with all our belongings and uh, arrived here late 2014 for opening the hotel in May 2015. Wow. That was the biggest, yes, the, the, the most beautiful part of it, you know, to put everything together. Luckily, the team was amazing because they already had, you know, the interior designer and Aspiro, which is super talented and, and, and amazing. Which she did a really an amazing job. And Aspiro, uh, and Aspiro is Brisbane, yeah. So she's based in Brisbane, yeah. correct? Yeah. So I had to do really nothing to do with the design um, because she was already sorted. Um, so when I went there, it was a building site. I was 50, 60 builders all around. I said, well, let's start somewhere. <laughs> I remember, uh, I remember a funny story because you, uh, we would, you still look very dapper, dressed beautifully and I went from the ocean retreat to meet you on site when all the builders were there and you were like watch this watch this and you're like get a mate get a mate get a mate and like <laughs> <laughs> that's how you said you started to learn how to speak the slang of Australia yeah I struggled at the beginning because I remember I was dealing with the electrician <laughs> oh mate uh yeah I will put the telly later and the sparky coming it's where I'm landed in Australia or <laughs> What's Sparky means? What's Telly means? I'm confused. What's the Arvo means? I was a bit... <laughs> you, used to ask, you used to ask me every now and then, but I tell you what, your slang is better than mine now. <laughs> I know. Well, I had seven years of practice, Kylie. <laughs> no, but I loved every single minute. Every single minute. And uh, back to the story, yes. was um, was there, so we had four months really to open the hotel. We had a wedding locked in. Oh, May. that's right. Yes. Yes. And then I said, well, um, we need to start somewhere. I got four months left. And uh, I started to hire the first employees who was a sales and marketing manager, actually a local girl, which I can see. We still see each other around. Anissa. Anissa Bevis. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. She's a really good friend. And then slowly in the in the last four months, you know, before opening, we, we grew our team. Um, and uh, until a month ago, uh, we were 85 team member, which is, you know, pretty big operation um, at Elson House, which uh, is a month now that uh, I'm not general manager anymore at Elson House. I want to take this opportunity to take a couple of months of of break. I never had a, a free Christmas in my life wow. since I was probably 16. I wow. started working. Yeah. So that will be one, my first Christmas that I'm not working. You deserve which I want it. To you deserve it, mate. More than me, I think are people that uh, that I love, they deserve more, like my partner and uh, my family. Yeah. Um, and then of course me. So we all need to enjoy this time after this, you know, challenging years for everyone. Yeah. I think it's very important to always think to spend time with the people that we love and yeah. to always be reunited. That's a very important message I would like to share with everyone. And so how do you? And, how uh, do you? Um, how do you? Uh, 
come to terms with leaving your family in Italy when you did leave and that's seven years ago and maybe you had a year you were only coming for a year I don't know how long you were thinking of coming for but how do you sort of you know reconcile with that and and leave your family who you're so close to yes I feel great simply because my family has always supported me which I think if you got a support from your loved one uh, you I think you can always succeed because that's the most important thing of course you know being seven years here I didn't spend much time as I used to um, I'm always I'm aware of it especially you know my parents they're getting older than younger <laughs> so it's something to always keep in the back of the mind um, that's why I want to spend time to reconnect with my family because whatever I lost in the past seven years I want to make sure that I can you know recover uh, because the next adventure will be <laughs> the same will be you know in hospitality industry once you start you're gonna be married with the property you're gonna work with so that will be your new marriage and before i get a new marriage i need to look after my current marriage i'm not sure if it makes sense in a way. no no you know what it makes absolute perfect sense and because i know you and i know your commitment to the cause you will do that in the next one you will throw yourself into it no doubt it'll be a starter up it'll be something that's launching um, and I think it's really good that you can recognize now. I don't think you've lost seven years. I want to correct you on that. We don't lose seven no, years. No, I didn't lose it. Sorry, probably I, I, I uh, probably I didn't. I, yes, no loss it. Lost it in terms of uh, I didn't spend much time as I used to yeah. with my family. Yeah. That's pro- but luckily they came and see me almost every year and for a month. My yeah. mom and dad. Yeah. Yes, I go back almost every year except the the COVID situation. Um, so how did you go with that, Mauro? Like, um, I've got a few, you know, international friends and our best friends are Mexican, as you know, and Spanish friends. And, you know, I just think of these guys so often because they really are in their second country and they they can't get, they couldn't get on a plane quickly, really, if they wanted to when everything locked down. How did it make you feel? Well, uh, as soon as I started everything, I had my mum and dad here last year. So they've been stuck there for four months. And I think that probably was when I... Because it was pretty much everything started, you know, back in Europe first in Italy and then here in Australia. So that I kind of lived both situation, I will say, either in Europe and here, having a family in Italy. Mm. I remember my mom and dad stuck there for three, four months. It was not pleasant for them because, you know, they are in their 70. They've got all their life in Italy and it was impossible to get them on flights. And they were oh. kind of uh, shocked of what was going to happen. Because, you know, everyone was shocked at the beginning because we never experienced something like that, at least, you know, in our uh, uh, lifespan. Yeah. I said, wow, that's that's shocking. My mom and dad were shocking. And on top of it, they could not go back to their country. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was no flight. So it was not an easy situation to handle. But luckily, I had the opportunity to spend at least three months with them. (laughs) Yeah. Because now it's, it's two years, I'm not going back home. So I took the negative as a positive. Yeah. Um... But it was a challenging time for everyone, especially, and for me, honestly, seeing my own country going such, you know, mm. be the first going in this kind of crisis, was sad not to do nothing uh, from here. Uh, but luckily, things, they're getting better. Uh, I'm very, I'm very happy to see, you know, to talk to my friends and to my colleagues that, you know, the hotels, they're getting full, mm. reservations are coming through, they all go, get back to work and just makes my, you know, my heart singing it's it's so good after this uh, catastrophic two years it's interesting uh, you almost had a double whammy you had 
as you said, you had Italy, and then Australia was like a year behind. So you've had it. You've really had the the fallout from both sides of the world. I mean, the last year in Australia uh, has been really challenging, particularly in hospitality and tourism. How have you gone with that? Yes, it's been very challenging. Um, we, I mean, last year we did only three, four months when I was working at Elsinore House of Closing, and then we opened. Um, in July, since then we never closed, except uh, the past probably three months with the Sydney outbreaks and, uh, and the lockdowns in the area. Uh, I mean, up here, you know, Kali, in the Northern Rivers, we never had the kind of, we never felt the COVID, like we never lived with the COVID situation, you know, even masks, just lately we've been wearing masks. We, until a few months ago, we never wear masks uh, in, in Cabarita. So, it's hard for me because I kind of lived in a way, but not really, mm-hmm. because um, I've been not traveling in the past two years, so I've always been in Cabarita since then. And uh, we got so much nature and space and the beach, we've never been in lockdown. So my lockdown has always been eating, listening to the news and talking to, to friends and family overseas. This is the way how I lived the COVID. So in person, except not traveling, didn't change much for me. But you know what's interesting? What what I noticed about you guys at, at Halcyon House and what a fantastic product that is, that you were there uh, at the start, you've been there for seven years and you've watched it grow into what it is now. It's, it's an international award-winning uh, property on so many levels. When it did open back up, um, well, you didn't close last year, but you, you guys uh, were so busy. Like you're, I think it's... Interesting watching something like Halcyon or Lux travel, Rays at Water goes the same. When it opens, it's just flooded with people, then nothing. Then, you know, it's like this really on or off situation, isn't it? I don't know how you manage that. Like a yo-yo, you call yo-yo Yo-yo, that was the word I was looking for. You're reading my mind, a yo-yo, yes. Yes. Well, um, I, I must say Halcyon is a pretty... Um, Different property, um, being in Australia. For most, is front beach, which location it's unbelievable. It's very small boutique hotel, uh, which is a big plus because then you can apply the personality. So um, we had a big success at the beginning when I was there. Even now, it's the hotel is booming, but the the thing is, you know, as we start, we start to, as a small team. And slowly every year we keep growing and growing. And the key is to to just be innovative, to just being out there. I've been to so many trade shows in the past five years. I've been traveling every year to Cannes in France, to Miami at a trade show called LE, which is a very boutique trade show with amazing travel agent and hoteliers. So I'm always been out there to promote hotel as well internationally, uh, which will be so many uh, relationship with many travel agents all around the world, which um, enable us to increase our international market. Uh, and I'm happy to see international people coming to Australia and spend a week in Gabarita Beach. That was my biggest, you know, satisfaction to say, "Wow!" Because I believe Gabarita is is, is an amazing location that really reflects what Australia has to offer. It's very, I would say, quintessential Australian destination. Um, it's not a city. It's just, you know, there are pandanus trees everywhere. There are bush turkey walking wild around. Uh, There are whales on the ocean. 
you see every day. I mean, it's it's something unbelievable. Once you live in this part of the world, you are really feel connected with the nature, and you see, wow, that's Australia. That's Australia, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? You put Cabarita on the map, mate. Like, globally, I've got to say, like, there's been, you know, we do have, like, a core and uh, uh, properties like that, but... Halcyon House had really did put Cabarita, the, the town of Cabarita, on the map. Like, people were saying to you at some of these trade shows, I remember you telling me, uh, where, so where's Cabarita, like, in Sydney or whatever? Like, they didn't actually know where it was geographically, did they? Yes, but I think now everyone knows about it. <laughs> <laughs> they do, my friend. And you know what happened from that? Halcyon House definitely, in my opinion, um, put it on the map. But then the beach started to get... Uncovered, so it got the most, uh, the best beach in Australia voted, you know, a couple of years running. So people were like, you know, because there is a place called Cabrita in in Sydney, Cabrita Lakes. I know very well because so many times, you know, some parcel <laughs> they were delivered over there. So <laughs> people were <laughs> people were people were landing there instead. So congratulations, though. Like that really is um, obviously your uh, your experience from your Italian hospitality, but the finesse of that old motel with Anna Spiro and all of the elements together made Halcyon what it is today. So tell me what you are most proud of with Halcyon House, Mauro. I would say the team that I left uh, is the most things that I'm proud of it uh, because uh, everything is not a one-man job. It's it's a team. So in me being the coach, for the past probably seven years uh, until last month. Uh, I'm happy to see that the crew that we built over the past seven years is strong, solid, and most important, passionate. I'm happy when I see passionate people in the industry, makes me really, oh, that is the biggest satisfaction when you meet passionate people and they do the job with passion. That's the most rewarding part. And uh, it's the team. I think, uh, yes, I, I 100% the team. I love that. That's a great answer, buddy. And and you've now that you've um, handed that over, that baton over, you feel confident that that team is so passionate and skilled that they will take Helsi into its next next uh, carnation. Correct. Yep. Correct. Me and after being seven years, um, the hotel needed someone new, uh, for sure, because, you know, it's important to have a, a new set of eyes. Yeah. Um, uh, which was important for my personal growth to to move on and for as well for the business to have someone new. Uh, for sure, you know, the business will keep growing because it's an amazing property, an amazing culture. Uh, the team is, as I mentioned, it's solid and and uh, we got, you know, silky member from, from the inception, still working there. Wow. Uh, and it's, you know, that's that's very, it's very nice to, 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 to leave something, you know, um, that Legacy. you left kind of some, some some traces. I don't know how to say in English that you you left something there that uh, okay. you know somehow could be there forever or you know could be changed. But still, you left something, it's and called, I wish that called, I could leave. It's called a legacy, my friend. You have a legacy in Northern New South Wales that you have left there. Legacy, also, probably. And also, I'd like to say um, a shout out to Ali here as well, your partner, because you guys extended that property. I don't know a few years ago, and and built that incredible spa that was pretty hard to depict a, a 50s motel looking facade and then make it into something glamorous which is what you did with the spa 
and Al Ali is the, was, was the manager there for quite a few years as well. So, you know, you guys come as a bit of a package deal, right? Yes, Ali played a very important role um, in this success because, uh, of course, she followed me since day one. We've been here and, uh, you know, if you've got a strong woman next to a man, the man will become stronger. That's the reality. You need to have someone strong next to you to, to, to support uh, because support is important. And we touched base before with the family. You know, if the family support, you can exceed. The same, the same if your family as a partner will support you. If your wife, in this case, my, my wife is a big fan of me, I'm winning. I need to have my wife being a fan. And she's always been. And um, yes, she she started, uh, she helped me in any way, starting from housekeeping at the beginning, front office. She was like the filling gap, the band aid everywhere, you know? Um, <laughs> she was, <laughs> she, she was, yeah. Yeah she, yeah, she was great. She helped me a lot. And now we're working for you to see a few other projects for next year. I don't want to make any commitment at the moment. As I mentioned, I want to just focus on family. And, uh, and have and a Bruno, break, have daughter. a break, mate. You need a break, mate, mate. Yes, and then I can come and see you in Brisbane. Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> coming home next week, so you and I are going to hang out. Don't you worry about that. Um, and so I won't ask you where to next because you're having a break. And then if I ask you where to next, I already know the answer. The, ne the answer is wherever you go next, you take you with you. A very wise person said to me once when I was leaving a job, you get to take you with you. You know, because when you leave um, something that you've given birth to, something you're passionate and passion is the thing. When you leave something, sometimes it comes with a bit of, you know, like sorrow and, and, and nostalgic and you get a little bit upset. Um, it's just natural when you say goodbye to something. But this wise business person said, what's good is you get to take you wherever you go. And that's really important in your story because... Wherever you go, Mary, you're going to be successful because you've done the work. You know, it's almost like the guy that starts in the kitchen that does the dishes and then he ends up the general manager. You know, you've done that. You've come the whole, the whole full circle. So I guess you could be a little bit um, choosy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Where you go next? Well, for sure it will be different because... Um, so when I came here, I was 29. I'm 36 at the moment, which means we got different, you know, I mean, my theories have got different priority, uh, different knowledge, different experience. Mm. Um, mm. And for sure now I can refine, I can filter exactly what probably will match me as a person, mm. match my profile in terms of working experience to make sure that my next step will be, of course, the right decision for my next years of career. Um, I want to say I, I, I like Australia. I want to thank all the Australians, the way how they welcomed me, because I felt home. Um, and uh, and that's very important, you know? If you feel home in a country where you are not a, a, a citizen, which I'm now, and makes you feel welcome, uh, that's a very nice feeling. And, and I feel in a way that I belong to Australia now. I belong to Australia. Um, you do, mate. You do. Do you know what's interesting, mate? Can you hold your nose? Because you always, you always have a crack yeah, at me yeah, about my yeah, voice. Um, yeah. Do you know what I love though? Because I met you in obviously late twenties when I was late thirties. Kidding. Um, I was probably mid forties, <laughs> uh, to be <laughs> honest. But I felt like I was late thirties. 
you um i think spiritual growth is really important as well like you've worked so hard in your life you know so mentally physically spiritually i think as you get older you've got to have those three things you should have it when you're born but as you get older you learn how to make a bit more balance in your life so what are you doing for yourself these days to just kind of chill out these days well i'm trying to keep myself always uh, on a mission occupied that's very important uh, I'm exercising quite regularly. I'm trying to focus on my diet, uh, eating healthy. Uh, because don't give again, up pasta. Today, Please don't give up pasta and wine. Absolutely. No, eating healthy means eating pasta, steak, <laughs> uh, fish, you know, yeah. working hospitality. You know, so many times you skip meals and uh, you have dinner very late. So, what I'm trying to do is trying to get back in a little routine. But I'm not a routine guy, so I can't have a routine. But, you know, just for a bit, I would like to have a bit of a routine. <laughs> just to get, <laughs> just for a bit. Just to have, you know, solid breakfast, lunch, dinner, training a bit, walking the dogs three times a day on the beach. Just make sure that I'm going to tick those boxes every day. I've got my checklist every day. Done. That's what motivates me, that I'm spending time for doing all those great things, you know? Um... No, I'm very happy, Kylie. I can tell, happy. my friend, you look really happy. So we're going to, um, I love that you have a checklist as well, because I think that really suits your brain. This is my checklist of what I have to tick uh, off for the day. Yes. <laughs> You've been on my checklist today. <laughs> Excellent. I'm so glad, my friend. I hope I'm on your checklist next week when we catch up socially as well. So we're yes. going to end this. Thank you for sharing your story with us, Mauro. And we're going to share, um, you're going to share. Um, who and where inspires you? So this podcast is all about people to place. So I always chat to someone about where they were born and where they are heading. So where in the world, let's start with them. Where in the world yes. is a place that you just really feel, you know, alive, passionate at home? Well, wow, that's an interesting question. Well, um, I think that's a tough one to answer, Kylie, simply because... I think there is, you know, good and bad in everything. I mean, I feel great everywhere. Uh, I've been living in uh, probably five different countries yeah. uh, in, in my life, which I always left something, you know, like France. I, I, I have something in different countries where I lived, which means, I don't know. Uh, sometimes that's, you know, what is a very interesting question because... I would have thought, you said, I would have thought you said um, down on the Amalfi Coast, but... No, I'm telling you why. Sometimes I'm saying, oh, what will, where will be, like a question, a great place where I can live? And I start to say, well, I would like to live there, but hang on. Oh, no, there too, because... So it's kind of for my happiness in terms of where you will be the best place to live. I think I need to be the, I don't know, just as... We live on the earth. I think I'm happy here. In, on the earth, there is not really such a place that I'm happy. Okay, if so I go back the, to Italy, I'm happy. The if answer I go back is. To New York, the answer, I'm happy. The answer, a globetrotter. A globetrotter. The answer for you is home is where the heart is. That is definitely your answer. Where you got people, <laughs> connection, where yeah. you got, where you have correct, that's where I think I feel, I feel happy. If I go to, I'm just saying, to Spain, that I lived six months there, 10 years ago, that I still got friends. When I go there, because I shared so many great memories with my friends, I feel home there because I Love lived it. for a bit. 
So that's uh, unfortunately I can't answer this question. No, no, it's, uh, it could be the globe. A lot of people answer this question as Mother Earth, the globe. I personally would answer it the same way as you because I like to feel that all over the world. But is there a person that has inspired you? Uh, yes, yes, yes. So working wise, my 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 mentor is uh, Simone Giorgi, as I mentioned you. Good one. He was my GM for the for three years at JK Place Capri. Um, he always be my mentor working wise. He's the best of the best, and we're still in touch uh, every now and then. Maybe life wise, probably my family. Not really a particular person because. They taught me so many values and, and and respect and, you know, the family bonding. So many values that I didn't lose it, but I'm not applying it anymore because, you know, <laughs> I'm a bit far. And, and you know, while you are away, you keep thinking of it and say, wow. Because if you're living there, you probably don't notice because, yeah. you know, you're yeah. used to it. But when you don't yeah. have that anymore, mm. then you really understand the real value and say, wow. So my inspiration to your question is, uh, who is the people that inspired me? It's my family because they, normal family, you know, always worked hard. My mom and dad, they, we always had everything, you know, and we did everything. We went to school, we did everything, like everyone, but with sacrifice and always giving us the best value in life. And I'm grateful because if, if is where I am today, is as well for you know my background so i need to be very thankful for my mom and dad and my family and uh, those are my my inspiration in life i love that uh, mate. and you know what i am i am i feel grateful because of your generous heart and spirit that you shared your story with us today i know it's like been a big month for you and there is a big future for you um, but I actually, as your mate, I really am loving, um, as, as friends want for friends, I love that you're just in this really calm, tranquil space where nothing really matters and that you're in the moment. You're just really living right now in the moment. So it's really nice for me to hear that. And um, I just know that you'll be, it's a given, you're going to be doing something amazing to the future. So thank you for today, my friend. Um, and anything else before we go? Thank you, Carly. No, I want to thank you too and uh, congratulate for your uh, podcast. You know, I remember you were, uh, you know, seven years ago, you said, oh, that's what I want to do. I want to travel. I want to write. I want to do things, that, that, that. You know, like over-talking. Oh, that's what I want to do. You know, the, ah. well, you, you know, you achieve it. So I want to congratulate Thanks, you because buddy. it's, uh, it's yeah, passion. It's, it's passion. It's a passion yes. project. <laughs> it's a passion project. You know, you're doing well. You're almost 100 podcasts, which is, you know, a big, a big milestone, I would say, Thank for the uh, thanks a lot, buddy, for uh, for starting something, you know, from scratch. Yeah. You know? Thank you. And uh, I'm really grateful to see, you know, my friends and uh, you know, uh, f- pursue their dreams. Thanks, buddy. You're a legend. All right. Ciao, ciao, my friend, and we'll check in next week. Hey. Ciao, Kylie. Ciao. Thank you.